0: Welcome to I Don't Need an Acting Class with Milton Justice.
1: Welcome, everybody, to the first class of the new year. I'm so happy the holidays are over. I realize I just resent them. It's like you never know when something's going to be closed or worse, where you're going to hear Christmas music. And of course it started early this year because they were so desperate for everybody to go shopping. So I was very happy that it was all over. And now we don't have to watch any more Christmas movies on Hallmark. Single all the way, one of the high points of the year. Jason is at home in Wisconsin or Wyoming or West Virginia or Washington, some state that starts with a W. Anyway, he's home there, also with COVID, lying dead in bed and trying to fight me on acting. The thing that I realized is how easy it is To get bad acting advice. I'm not sure it exists in other creative forms. You know, if you play the piano, somebody says, you know, keep your fingers curved when you play the piano. And so nobody comes along and says, no, you keep them flattened. You know, I mean, it's like there's no argument about how you play the piano. Even how you hold a paintbrush. So you know, I mean it's like, but in acting, it's like everything is a war zone. And everything sounds logical. I mean, I had an argument a hundred years ago with somebody, and it just because it didn't make sense. And you know, his comment was, Well, all you have is yourself. And 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 it's so interesting because somebody says that and you go, oh, yeah, right. That's all I have is myself. No mention of 4,000 years of recorded history, no mention of any of it. And so then it gives everybody kind of permission to work on themselves and forget everything else. And what's interesting about Jason, it's very sweet. He's 21 or 22. He just graduated from a school famous for having an MFA in film acting, uh, which I haven't even said anything about that. I said, oh, that's interesting. I mean, film acting? Anyway, so, but you can tell the things that they kind of spoon-fed him from his comments in the email. You can just tell. It sounds like something that a professor would say about pain or love or... Laws, whatever, that, you know, we all share the same well. I mean, it sounds so good. We all share the same well. And uh, that it's just like, oh, wow, yes, we all are human beings. We share the same well. I mean, that is so ludicrous. I mean, I don't think very many people share my well. In fact, if they're in there, I'm not happy about it. But it's... (laughs) But, but it sounds like something a teacher said. I wouldn't mind I, actually i would I would always mind using your own life. I mean, I know he he says, you know but why would you eliminate something you know you, don't you want to use everything i I just think it's dangerous. I think it's dangerous because if you go to your own life, you will go to your own life first. You just will. It's just human nature. What it did hit on is a subtle way, without actively going to ourselves, that we go to ourselves. I do think there is an area where you and your character get uncapached. I know. Is it... (laughs) (laughs) it's a word that sounds like what it is. I I don't think they have that in Portuguese. Anyway, but it's like, it it gets messy. It gets a little, in other words, I like the choice I made. I, the actor, like the choice I made. So I'm a part of the mix but I like the choice I make on behalf of the character. And the character is going to respond to it differently than I'm going to respond to it. And it's all kind of messed in with you no more than your character knows. As an example, when we were working on the bench scene from Angels in America... And we were talking about things that the character could do when he sits down. Y- you could tell by the tone in Greg's voice when he said, clean off the park bench, that it wasn't doing anything for him. And he sort of said, well, I guess I could clean off the park bench. You know, it's like one of those things that you, you say, I need to do something, not just sit down. So then we played with it, and then what I finally led him to was the sun is coming through the trees, check the lighting. And, of course, Greg loved that. Even I loved that. I thought that was a fabulous choice. Just the whole idea that a character would sit down and check the lighting, I mean, to me, was hilarious. And, I mean, and it was such a thing for a former drag queen to do because it had all it had built into it that that kind of I always check my lighting it had I'm still a bit of a star connected to it. Okay. So there are two things going on. Greg liked the choice, but now It needs to be translated. It needs to go into the character of Pryor who doesn't know he's making a choice. He's just doing it. And so that's, you see, that's when you get into this kind of area where the character doesn't know he's, that. it's almost like there's this dude that's called the actor, who is, and I would love, I, I actually, I love the idea that, that we're we're building this character that we're going to step into. And so he is a result of you. He is a result of you and your choices and your knowledge of the play and your knowledge of the circumstances, He is a result of the research that you've done that you needed to find out about because it took place during the 80s in New York. It's like all those things become the actor's work that you then lay into this character, that you give into this character that you're building. And then eventually you kind of morph into his skin. So there's a part of you that is making the choices for this character you're building. It really does have a kind of surreal science fiction feel to it, that you're making these choices, you're building this person. So the working on you is where we get into this dangerous area, I think. This is where we get to the dangerous area of being able to figure out what is me and what is him. That's where I, I, that's where I think so many people get stuck in that world of, I've had that experience, and so therefore I know what he's going through. Without taking on board all these facts on the table. 1980s, homosexual, just came from a funeral. I mean, all these facts that are on the table, and you cannot eliminate any of them. You you can't say, oh, well, that's not important. So addressing all of these expands you personally, your horizon. There was a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful actress years ago named Julie Harris. She won four Tony awards. She was famous and she was in a a wonderful movie called Member of the Wedding. It was a part she'd done on Broadway. And I did a movie with Julie in the mid seventies. And she said to me, I think we had Christmas dinner and maybe that's where she said, anyway, uh, she said, you know, Milton, I never went to college. She said, but I feel as if I got a master's degree with every part that I played. And I love that idea. I love the idea that eventually Wesley will have a master's degree in a drag queen that becomes a nurse. He'll know everything about the period. He'll know everything about being a nurse to homosexuals with AIDS. He will know everything about how you survive. It's like you can do that. You have this master's degree. You can lecture for hours and hours and hours on this particular topic. It's an important part of it because as we expand our own personal horizons. I mean, think of it. Think of the joy of everything that we've gotten to do. I mean, think of the worlds we've visited. I mean, I can't even imagine what it must be like to be a normal person who doesn't get to do this. You know, it's like I've walked down the streets of New York in the 1950s. I've walked down another section of streets in New York in the 1930s. It's like I've been there. I know what it looks like. I know what it feels like to be a doctor in a hospital in the 1930s and walking down the streets of New York and seeing what I've seen. And, you know, I chose what he saw because I needed him to be filled a certain way in order to be in the circumstances of the play. But, I mean, my God, the joy of that. I mean, I think of the stuff I've thrown away. The stuff that I've thrown away in working on a play just because, it, no, it doesn't fit. No, it doesn't fit. No, I don't like that. It's almost like I built characters and, I, and, and then I cut them from my little film. <laughs> I, you know, even working on, on Waiting for Lefty, when I was working with Paul, I spent, and he was playing Joe in Korea, and we spent a lot of time building his mother, and what the influence of his mother was, and then at one particular point, I said, you know what, we don't need your mother dumped, and so it's like you had created this person that you saw, and you knew how she behaved, and you just suddenly cut her from the film. It's like the character no longer existed. And that's what I think was so much because I've done so many plays in all these years is that there's so many people I have created. I mean, I have to die laughing with Kareem because it's like there's a guy named Georgie Fairchild who was at this meeting. And Georgie was a very complete person. And then one day we decided that it, that didn't work. And so he became something else. And, I, and if you think of it just kind of like visualizing it, there's a guy, and you, you've dressed him, and you put him at the tennis club, and you've put him at Hyannis and yachting. And then suddenly one day you, you think, no, that's too obvious. And so there's this guy that suddenly you just throw off his yacht and you know he's he's sort of like left in the atlantic ocean because you've changed your mind about what he was like so it's a little bit like that but it is the reason in my mind that you use yourself so little it, you know you 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 sort of use yourself but i i just don't think we write movies about us you know even me i mean <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've had a really interesting life, and I wouldn't want to see the movie about me. It's, I, think, I think it's just really one of the great things about being an actor is that we're not stuck with ourselves.
0: I Don't Need an Acting Class is conceived and hosted by Milton Justice. Senior producer is me, Walker Vreeland, and we are so happy to have you back for season four. Music is generously provided again this season by Jeffrey Keezer The track you hear on the podcast is called Miram and you can find that on his album, Falling Up. Please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast if you have not already. And if you're getting a lot out of it, Please share it with your actor friends. Unless, of course, you don't want them to have this valuable information. That's understandable. I mean, you know, why just give out the secret of acting? What else do I have to tell you? Um, Yes, Milton's book, also entitled I Don't Need an Acting Class, is now out. It's published by Applause Books, and you can find it anywhere books are sold. And Milton's next script analysis class is beginning in March. The next session begins on March 2nd. If you would like to sign up for that, just email us at questionsformilton at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you back here next week.